You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn presents. Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Hello, everyone. As we get ready for Thanksgiving 2021, guess who's back? It has to be none other than Sabrina. Sabrina, we got to quit meeting this way. (laughs) You know (laughs) that's the truth. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I always love being on your show. Uh, how's everything at the Cronin Law Firm these days? Things are happening. They're bustling. It's awesome. I love the energy and we're getting into a you know, huge, fast-paced stride nearing your end. I can't believe it's Thanksgiving next week. It's amazing to me how fast time is going by, but loving it. Everything's great. Right. And what about the year as a whole, which we're going to talk about next month? But briefly, has it been something you've not really seen in your lifetime before? Uh, this year has been really crazy. I mean, it's been nuts, hasn't it? Yeah. And, you know, after 2020, we all thought, oh, we, we all breathed a sigh of relief at the, you know, the New Year's. And um, now it's it's it was continuing, you know, who would have thought? And with inflation now and just everything going crazy and the uh, supply chain issues and we have people not we have to dealers that sell cars an Audi mm-hmm. dealer you know an Audi's mm-hmm. an expensive car you know that mm-hmm. oh for sure the showroom ma'am is empty yeah empty well there well the cars are selling the problem is the supply is not there obviously the demand is there yes but the the amount of cars that are selling is significantly less, but with the with the chip issue and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's really they say it'll it'll crazy. clear up in twenty three. You believe that? Yeah, it takes another, it's going to take another year. Right, another no year question. to get the mm-hmm. chips in in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they halted everything. They halted. They stopped everything because they they run on such slim margins. They halted production when the dealerships said they didn't need any. So then they. They pivoted to do what everybody was consuming, which were, you know, computers and home electronics and everything that they needed. So the chip manufacturers and companies went that way. And now it's just, yeah, it's it's just a nightmare. <laughs> what a so. nightmare. <laughs> you know, so do you think had the car dealers kept their mouths shut that we'd have cars right now, do you think? Possibly, but, you know, you can't blame them because nobody was buying, nobody was driving. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they needed to cut costs. So then, you know, it's a ripple effect for sure. People weren't driving. They weren't going to work every day. You yes. know, it's a different different world. Oh, my. Well, we'll talk about that next month because everyone, Sabrina Shaheen Cronin, going to be with us next month when we're going to wrap up and do our year in review, you might say. And she has a lot of things we'll talk about and vice versa. We'll talk about this, that, the other. 
But today, Sabrina, we wanted to bring you on because pursuant to your ongoing workshops that you host, you have a new one coming up. Your new one is going to be How to Feel Empowered. We are in the um, early stages of developing the program, as we are with the Art of Loving Yourself, two programs that I'm really excited about starting in 2022, and they will be revolving online courses that will be held for a period of six to eight weeks. You can you know, become a member for that time period and then join the classes weekly, whether it's being empowered or you know, loving yourself. It's all, they're all related, but they're tangential, but different at the same time. Sabrina, what actually is empowerment? Can you at least define that for the audience? Well, Rick, empowerment is taking a power and personalizing it. It's personal power it's in, it, within yourself. And it starts with a self-awareness and developing a self-esteem, which then in turn builds that inner confidence to believe that you can do whatever it is you want to do in life. You also need that empowerment to be able to put actions behind your intentions to see something through to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve in life. So it's it's a little bit of a combination of that self-esteem, self-confidence, and self-awareness with the intention to follow through. Now, Sabrina, have you ever known or seen an individual in life, in all of the thousands of people you've dealt with over the years, have you ever seen anyone that was not empowered so to speak, but they still were successful? Or is that impossible? That can happen. No, Rick, uh, to your point about all of the unhappy celebrities who are famous and extremely wealthy, or to the top level CEOs that are committing suicide, to friends and you know high school students who you think that they're at the top of the game, they're the top you know, performing athletes in their school and they're committing suicide. That is not empowerment. Just because you're successful to what the outside world thinks is successful, i.e. money or fame or richness on the outside, doesn't mean you're rich within you. Or that they can play an instrument well. Right. Yeah, that, <laughs> right. That, that, that means nothing. All that means is you have musical talent. Just because you're successful on the outside, what again, what people's perception is of success might not be what truly is successful to you. And therein is that fragmentation. That's why you're not empowered. That's why you don't have that settled, peaceful calm within you to know within every fiber of your being that you're living your best life. And that's why there's such depression and anxiety in our world today. Where you see a person and say, this person had talent. This person could have been this, that, or the other, and they all would have been successful. And instead, failure came their way. And what causes that? Do, or can't you can't you just point a finger at at anyone without knowing their history? No, I, you know, Rick. I think it's different for everybody. But failure happens to everybody. I mean, anyone successful has had failures. They've just tried more and more and more times than the people that continue to stay defeated. It's all about that inner belief. If you want to succeed, you're going to have to fail. That's the, that's how life works. I mean, some people, you know, especially a lot of young people, they look at successful people and they begrudge them. Well, 
they shouldn't begrudge them because they've worked their butts off to get to where they are. And they've had multiple, multiple failures. And it's they, through hard work and perseverance and persistence that the tenacity and grit, muscle, whatever you want to call it, the wherewithal and the strength of mind to continue despite adversity, that's integrity. That's inner confidence and empowerment. It's not doing what's easy. Anyone can succeed when it's easy. When times are tough, that's when you see a real winner by showing up, doing it, continuing to surpass all obstacles. Well, feeling empowered is obviously, you know, it's a it's a hot topic these days. People are talking about it. They're throwing the term around. It's it's about having that inner confidence. The the person who talks a lot or brags a lot is not as confident as the person who has a silent strength about them that shows by their actions how amazing they are. They don't have to talk about it. They know. They have a humbleness about them. They have a sincerity about them. But they know within themselves how good they are, how strong they are. They don't have to brag about it. So I, and I try to teach my children that, you know, there's a lot of kids in school who will brag about this and talk about that. And, and I tell my kids, you know, don't let that make you feel bad about yourself. Just remember your strengths and how good you are. And the next time, for example, you're on the field, you show them how good you are by running fast, strong, be the best you can be. So being empowered, let's just say at the workforce, you know, in, in the in the work environment, it means being confident in your choices, knowing that you're doing a great job because you're trying your best every single day. You're showing up. You're not being mediocre. You're not talking about someone else behind their back. You are solid within yourself to the point where you do not let jealousy take over you or you do not worry about what the next person is doing because you're so worried about your own performance. That's empowerment, feeling strong, feeling confident, having that inner self-esteem and self-respect and self-love that you can maintain healthy boundaries, but still be yourself. When you do that, it's a ripple effect because then you can effectuate change in somebody else without controlling or trying to control somebody else. People don't understand that obviously you cannot change someone else, but your behavior changes can certainly affect and effectuate change in somebody else. Now, the problems that each individual has are as unique as that person, they're not what's holding one back. The other one could thrive at and and not have a problem with. Uh, so every party you meet with a an obstacle is an individual who is totally different. It, am I right there? Last time you were here, we talked a lot about how to the art of loving yourself, and that will be an upcoming workshop, as will How to Feel Empowered. Yes. And yes. when people hire 
a lawyer such as yourself. Your specialty is family law. You're an expert, especially when it comes to joint parenting, which is not something that you just talk the talk. You also walk the walk because that's how your three children, they're all thriving now because of your ex and you getting together, making sure that your three children both have a father and a mother who care. Would that be a fair statement? It's it's crucial, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. And they're still doing well, I take it? They are. And I mean, you know, everybody has challenges in their lives and kids are no exception. I mean, kids are under so much pressure. And I have, you know, teens now and my daughter is just turning 13 next week. And there's a lot of pressure on her and my son who's 14 and my youngest is 10 and um but to make sure they're they feel safe and secure it's so important to provide that love and that support in the home and a lot of that is you know from the top down just like any organization and the top in a family are the parents so it's it's important that parents especially parents that are divorced or separated know how important it is to maintain that peace and that kindness and respectful treatment of one another so that the children can thrive. Yes, thankfully, I'm, I'm very blessed. I have uh, three amazing kids and they're doing well. I, I really try to, like you said, I walk the walk every day, every day. Are any of the three, in your opinion, headed to become young lawyers one day? I don't know. My daughter seems to uh, be able to make pretty solid arguments. <laughs> so, uh-huh. uh, and she can be very um, strong-minded, which is good. I wish I had her confidence at her age, but I'm really trying to, here's the magic word, empower my children to be better than I was. And it takes leading by example and instilling positive values and good traits and characteristics and showing them by my actions what a good person, a good, decent, integrous person is. Right. Now, any of the three, do they show any talent such as in music or a show business, any of that coming on? Well, I wish they were more inclined to music, but my boys are definitely athletes. Their patience to learn an instrument was <laughs> slim to none. I tried, but they do have an affinity for music. They love to sing. They love to play music. And my daughter was in dance for a while and now is doing tumbling. And she likes to sing, but they don't play an instrument and they don't take any music lessons. They they did when they were younger, but they lost their taste for it very they early They didn't on. stick with it. No, not like not like I was. No, they didn't have that interest like I did. Right. Yeah. And you were a singer. Are you still singing, by the way? Yeah, I actually had a wedding um, to sing in not too long ago. And so that was super fun. And I would really love to get back to it. Oh, that sounds great. I, you're, you're my, I learn something about you every time you come on here. You just sang <laughs> at a wedding. Uh-huh. I did. Oh, that's did. that is great. That is yeah. great. And for those that don't know, Sabrina, you were a pop star. You had a record <laughs> on the charts when you I were did. a young, young lawyer in the first years of uh, practicing. You must have just got out of law school at the time. 
No, I was actually my mid middle part of my career. I mean, I was always doing music and I did have some songs on the charts back at the, my very early stages, but the ones that really made more of a, you know, kind of an impact were about 10, yeah, 15 years ago. So, well, so you, yeah. you had been practicing law for a while prior to that. Yes. Yes. I'm, I, I'm dating myself now, Rick. Oh, that's all right. But <laughs> you were now, you weren't in Michigan. The Cronin Law Firm, which you founded and which you're the managing partner of, is located in Michigan. But you were, when you were in the music business, you were primarily working that out of New York, I thought. Yes. But I, I always lived in Michigan, but I flew back and forth quite a bit. Right. To record mm-hmm. records and, and to even make appearances, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Very, very well. All right. Well, Sabrina, when somebody comes to you and they hire you or any lawyer, the mere fact that they've had a situation that involves needing that help, that assistance, that expertise, they hire Sabrina. You're on their team. They're with you. You're with them. That Mayor partnership, if we can use that word, that is empowerment right there, is it not? You know, Rick, that's actually a very good point. Yeah, they're saying to themselves, oh, mm -hmm. I'm glad I don't have to worry about this anymore. Sabrina is going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. There you go. if If they're in the right hands, yes, absolutely. And if they feel inside of themselves that protection, that security, that safety, then yes, that is empowerment. And I did not know this either. You actually still, to this day, are practicing some entertainment law. Yes, yes, and I do. And that's I what the entertainers that will retain you must also say, oh, wow, I, I have to worry about this or that contract or whatever there is on their minds. They bring Sabrina in and they say, Ooh, I'm glad I've got the help. Have you experienced that? Are they grateful for it? For sure. Well, especially because I have such a unique perspective, having been both the, you know, the talent as well as the person behind the scenes from production to being the lawyer, being, you know, the record company, the publisher, all of that. So I have all perspectives right, as well you, as the business side of things. So. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know you have attorney-client privilege. You can't divulge. But are you with, uh, let's say, the silver screen or the small screen, which is TV? Are you with character actors that are able to just fit in with general society? Or can you put us in the ballpark without mentioning names of the uh, average show business personality that would use your uh, services or does it vary? Yeah, it varies. So right now I have several musicians as well as uh, record companies, as well as uh, writers, screenplay writers. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. They write Mm -hmm. a plays or screenplays like no screen screenplays for movies. movies. Scripts. Oh, okay. Very, very well. Very so a lot of that I'm gonna assume is contract law. Yeah, it's all entertainment law at its at its very base level is is contract law. Oh, and yeah. they can get oh, they can get 
page after page, Sabrina. I mean, yeah. a ridiculous amount of pages, you know. They're thinking up scenarios. What is that? Murphy's Law. I think everything under Murphy's Law is in there to get them to where when you <laughs> right. sign it, you're probably, when you sign the contract, there could be a part of it that uh, you haven't met yet. Uh, right, right. I, I have seen some of those record deals, and boy, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to keep my mouth quiet on it. But, <laughs> <laughs> right. but I'm telling you what, they're not the type of thing I would recommend somebody with no experience to get into. No, I've seen, oh, it's broken my heart a few times where younger musicians who are super eager and excited and ambitious, they sign a deal that gets them stuck and beholden to one, you know, exclusive company and it really stymies and stifles their career and they give up. And then to get out of that contract, it's it's nearly impossible. And it breaks uh, up the whole band. Oh yeah, I've seen that several times. Yeah, it sure. I've does. actually I've actually assisted with a, a social media personality who had uh, signed a contract that was exclusive all the way around, and it was again, it just prevented her from moving forward in a positive direction because when when young you know, talent signs contracts are so eager and oftentimes desperate thinking that this is going to make them the big star and celebrity. And they don't realize the repercussions of signing something like that. And, um, it usually, it usually bites them with, because they don't do their homework on the person that they're becoming in, you know, contract with or the, the company. So let me tell you, Sabrina, I have seen them as far as the musician aspect is concerned, mm -hmm. I have seen them sign being unknown, okay? Totally unknown. They may have a minute following in whatever respective hometown they come from. Mm -hmm. But they sign and they walk around like, <laughs> once again, they're Bill Gates without the money, you see. Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm, think my mm -hmm. life is now better. I'm I'm successful now. And what they don't know is that what they have just signed for, they have to repay the record label for the expenses of making the album. Right. And by the yeah. time you do that, and by the time, for example, you rent, they cannot afford to buy. You rent a bus to tour to promote that. Mm -hmm. And you not selling out anywhere because you're not well-known and the record company didn't spend a lot of money to promote mm -hmm. that. You are beholden and basically you're in debt by the time you come off the road. And I do mean seriously in debt to where a year later, whoop, there goes the band. They're out of business. They're gone. They were destined to fail, Sabrina, from the moment they signed that cockamamie contract that they signed. It was destined to be a loser from the moment the pen hit the paper. Have you seen it? Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Exactly what I was just saying. It's unfortunate. 
Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there or your children are out there or your friends are out there who think just because somebody offered you a contract to make a record, that means nothing, Sabrina. That's like saying, I'll change the oil on your Rolls Royce. It's going to take a lot more than oil change money to, to drive a Rolls Royce and keep it up, <laughs> Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and people, they look at the glamour. They don't look at reality. And I'll right. bet you you've seen that a million times. Oh, right. Yes, for sure. Oh, right. I see, that in mar- I see that in people getting married. <laughs> well, right. Well, how to feel empowered is when you say ready, set goals, you are talking about your empowerment workshops that you're working on. The goals are such things that everybody faces, and it does not have to necessarily deal with marriage, but relationships are one of the key things, Sabrina, that hold people back in life. Mm -hmm. I have announced for professional sports teams before. I've been the announcer uh, on various appearances and so forth, one-nighters where they bring me in to to do the announcing. And I saw, I've, I've seen money go down the drain because associates of a particular athlete did not conduct themselves properly. And the sponsor says, oh, I'm getting out of this before we invest any more money in it. And it turns Mm -hmm. out to be a loss because Mm -hmm. uh, other people don't know how to behave, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I've seen it. I've seen it. How to feel empowered. It will, this sounds, I believe, like what you were saying Uh, The last time we briefly touched on it, it can be an open discussion about relationships and other things that people have. Uh, Feeling empowered means they brought in yourself, your law firm, or others to do what? To get over a goal in the middle of the street that they have to cross. Well, feeling empowered is obviously, you know, it's a it's a hot topic these days. People are talking about it. They're throwing the term around. It's it's about having that inner confidence. the The person who talks a lot or brags a lot is not as confident as the person who has a silent strength about them that shows by their actions, how amazing they are. They don't have to talk about it. They know. They have a humbleness about them. They have a sincerity about them. But they know within themselves how good they are, how strong they are. They don't have to brag about it. So I, and I try to teach my children that, you know, there's a lot of kids in school who will brag about this and talk about that and And I tell my kids, you know, don't let that make you feel bad about yourself. Just remember your strengths and how good you are. And the next time, for example, you're on the field, you show them how good you are by running fast, strong, be the best you can be. So being empowered, let's just say at the workforce, you know, in in the, in the work environment, um, 
it means being confident in your choices, knowing that you're doing a great job because you're trying your best every single day. You're showing up. You're not being mediocre. You're not talking about someone else behind their back. You are solid within yourself to the point where you do not let jealousy take over you or you do not worry about what the next person is doing because you're so worried about your own performance. That's empowerment, feeling strong, feeling confident, having that inner self-esteem and self-respect and self-love that you can maintain healthy boundaries, but still be yourself. When you do that, it's a ripple effect because then you can effectuate change in somebody else without controlling or trying to control somebody else. And people don't understand that obviously you cannot change someone else, but your behavior changes can certainly affect and effectuate change in somebody else. Now, the problems that each individual has are as unique as that person. They're not what's what's holding one back the other one could thrive at and and not have a problem with uh, so every party you meet with a an obstacle is an individual who is totally different it, am i right there every person is different even children being raised in the same environment everyone is different if everyone comes to the comes into this world with his or her own set of beliefs, psychology, subconscious, you know, if you leave, if you believe in past lives, you know, all of that stuff, whatever you believe in, whether it's just on this earthly plane or on a completely different spiritual plane, everybody has their own makeup and everybody hears what I'm telling you right now, extremely differently. So I could tell, I could say one sentence to a group of five people and each of those five people have heard that sentence, has heard that sentence differently based upon their own perception, their own uh, emotions, their personality, their temperament at the time they were listening to it. You know, what's in their, what's in their own mind, what's in their own thought. Some people, you know, have you ever been in a situation where somebody thought something about somebody else and that was far from the reality of the situation? It's, you know, or they think if there's two people talking at a party and one person assumes that they're talking about them and it has nothing to do with that person. Nothing to do with them. Right. It's it's that insecurity. That's insecurity. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. And insecurity is basically fear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, did you fear, what, not what, wanting some people to like them? Fear of you know, fear, lots of fear. Right. What was it the other day? This just happened a couple few weeks ago. Paul McCartney allegedly, it was alleged in the press, he said that the Rolling Stones were basically uh, a blues cover band. Hmm. So the press took that to Mick Jagger. <laughs> Uh, is it true that the Rolling Stones <laughs> were oh basically gosh. a blues cover band? And Mick Jagger looked at the poor reporter and said, well, let me tell you this, at least we're still together. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, there you go. He They're took, still see, he together. Could've, he could have. He could have gone and taken that really uh, further. extremely th- yeah. further, right? But he chose to take it in such a way. I mean, yes, it's a little personal, but mm-hmm. he did not personalize it to the extent that it would be a harsh comment back. No, that's where people no. get into trouble. People get into trouble when they personalize things and they react, you know, heatedly or you know, impulsively, and they don't realize that that's not empowerment. I'm not telling people to suppress their feelings. I'm telling people to get a hold of their feelings and to be empowered within themselves to be able to discern when to let something out and when to hold back, when to share something, when to be your own, you know, your own confidant, when to explode and when not to, you know, it's all about discernment and getting clarity and all of that comes with the confidence and the empowerment within yourself. Now, when you're practicing learning to be a lawyer in law school, do they actually teach you there that there is a time to explode? No, you know, no, it's interesting. No. Now, I've been, cre- I've been creating a, a little niche for myself because I've been, I've had a lot of clients come to me because I offer both the legal expertise along with the personal growth and development. That ne- both- You're the first I've seen do that, Sabrina. Mm-hmm. No wonder well, I want to talk with you all the time. Yeah. Business leaders, as well as, you know, parents, kids, that's, that's just been my forte and my uh, my mission, really a passion of mine, because I want to effectuate a change in someone's life, not just throughout the pendency of their case, whatever case that is, whether it's a litigation matter, um, a business matter, a family matter, but for the life, you know, for the, for the majority of their life thereafter, if someone is willing to do the hard work and to look at themselves and to be introspective, and not point the finger that it's everybody else's problem or the other person's problem. If someone's willing to look within, then I am more than happy to help whoever comes my way. And what are they going to say about that in the law school? If a student out there, one of these bright young people out of their master's degree, now in law school, sticks their hand up in class. Yes, sir. Go ahead. And he says, sir, what about Sabrina over there in Michigan? She's a brilliant attorney, but now she's helping people with their personal relationships. What is that professor going to tell that student? Is he going to be as surprised as what I was? You know, I can't, I can't speculate on how someone else might perceive what I do and my service to others. All I can say is that I think people should say bravo because what's lacking. And I think the reason why attorneys got such a bad rap is because the lack of care and compassion and empathy went out the door years ago, you know, stuffy men and old suits. And, you know, they just, all they cared about was the bottom line. Now, granted, I care about making a profit. If I don't make a profit, I can't service my clients. 
And sometimes the old adage, you get what you pay for still is out there. But I want to deliver a service and a value to my clients over and above their expectations so that at the end of the day, they know that I made their life better in all phases of their life. Health and fitness. If they have a problem there, you're willing to help them. How does being yeah. a lawyer, for example, they need to lose weight. How in the world are you going to help somebody do that if they don't say to you, Sabrina, I think I need to lose that weight. How are you going to help them? Are you going to try to empower them to get them to have the need to do it? Or uh, tell me about that. It's it's a little murky because it's like alcoholism. You may want them to quit, but if they don't want to, uh, you're not going to get very far. I'm, I know you're going to agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, so this is not inside the realm of my legal work, right? This is a separate, this is what I do. Right, correct. In yes. my personal development. But when someone comes to me with any kind of an addiction issue, whether it's alcohol or uh, eating too much, you know, drugs, pills, whatever it is, if they're addicted to something, usually it's because it's a manifestation of something bigger. It's because of underlying issues that they're not looking at and addressing. I know a lot of people who drink way too much alcohol because they're not willing to take a look at the pain with inside themselves. All of us have different parts of our personalities. Some people call it fragmentation. Everybody develops different sides of their personalities as a coping mechanism. Sometimes it's when you're little and you have, you've gone through a lot of trauma. You do things when you're younger actually to protect yourself. Let's just say you had an abusive father and you became more isolated and you started writing or you started getting more involved in music, for instance, or you tuned out or you did other things. That was your protective mechanism. That was the little person inside you trying to protect you. So as you got older, that's that same animal inside you, but now it's working against you because it's defeating the other side of you that wants to be the productive you know, member of the team and the productive member of your company and a great, you know, daughter or, or father or mother, or whatever it is. So that, that is when you have to look within and say, and, and really forgive yourself and do a lot of work within and a lot of work inside yourself to overcome those you know, I don't want to say the word demons, but for lack of a better word, it's the it's the demon inside you. But but remember, you needed that years ago to help you. Now it's hurting, so you have to you have to really be patient with yourself and get rid of the shame and get rid of the guilt and forgive yourself and realize that you can have one cohesive personality inside you. And then once you look at that, then you realize. If I love myself, why am I hurting myself? If I truly love myself and respect myself, then I will take better care of myself. And whatever that looks like to you, whether it's, you know, watching what you eat, working out more, 
you know, not drinking so much, not doing those drugs, whatever it is. And it's all, it all starts with your inner self-esteem, confidence, and love. And that's empowerment. When these young people in show business make millions and they're 21, they're 20, they're 22, worth more money than they can possibly spend. And then a year later, they're deceased. That is because a lot of times they did not have the the confidence to feel in their heart that they could sustain that level of income or talent or confidence or whatever it is you call it. They feel they let the demons inside of them control them all the way to the end. Would that be fair? Well, Rick, a lot of people get into show business for the validation, for the the outside approval that they're so hungry for. And when what I've seen is successful artists or successful celebrities. When I say successful, I don't just mean monetarily or how famous they are, but I mean those that have withstood the you know, the test of time and are healthy and vibrant. Those are the artists that do not necessarily need that outside validation to make them feel good about themselves. It's like in everyday life. If if you are confident and strong within yourself, you don't need someone's outside validation or approval to give you self-worth. If you love yourself, if you have enough self-worth, then it doesn't matter what Joe said or, you know, Tommy said or Susie said or did against you or what this or for celebrities, what the star reporter said or the National Enquirer or Us Weekly, whatever it is, they know who they are and they don't need that outside validation. Now, the reason why so many people do get into show business is because they did not get that from their home family unit. So they need that. Some people do it because they're just that talented and really just want to get out there and and they love it and they're passionate. And it's it's those people that have the support from their family and have the love, you know, that that usually thrive. I mean, no family is perfect. Every family, every family has dysfunction. Perfection is a myth. And when people say they're, you know, they have a perfectionistic, you know, personality or mindset and they know that stymies them. That too is an addiction and and you have to rid yourself of that because perfectionism and what you think is perfect is might not be what I think is perfect. And everybody has their own view of perfectionism, just like, or what's perfect, just like everything else in life. You know, like like the old saying, what, you know, what someone thinks is garbage is another person's treasure. One man's garbage is another person's treasure. You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. All of those sayings are out there because it's true. So when, if someone has that self-esteem within, they won't be the depressive celebrity making millions of dollars. They'll be grateful. They'll be joyous. They'll have peace in their life and they'll be willing to give all of that back to somebody in the form of service or philanthropy because they know by doing that, they're just passing on the love. Obsessive compulsive behavior can be and is 
a medical diagnosis, is it not? Yes, OCD. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure so, it is. And now people are taking medicine for people, but it's it's more of um, a behavior that, you know, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to say, you know, you shouldn't take a prescription pill. But when I was growing up, my, my father, my late father was a doctor and he used to say everything was in your, your head or your nerves. Oh, that's your nerves. Here's your nerves. But now that I'm older, I'm realizing, hey, there was some truth to that. Because, and that's why meditation now is becoming so much more popular. Because when you're a little more awakened and you're a little more in tune with your body, your body and your mind are very, very connected and, and very in tune with, with what you need. And the mind is such a powerful computer that if you are a little more at peace within yourself, that that compulsive behavior may subside if you can get a hold of your mind and settle your body. And once you do that, you can create a new reality for yourself and get rid of some of those compulsive behaviors. That's amazing. But that that yeah. takes a big discipline though, Rick. That takes a big discipline. Oh, I'm so, I, I've know, seen it. I've seen I've seen careers ruined because of attitudes. I've seen it. Well, I've attitudes seen, for sure. Oh, well, attitudes, yeah, drug addiction, you name it. I it'll take you down. So, the, you know, I I've, I I can't change people. People can't change. People have to be willing to want to do this hard work. And there are certain people that just really don't care to. They don't feel the need. They don't want to. And that's fine. Everybody, everybody on this earth is unique and has his or her own wants and desires and dreams. And for some people, they just don't want to or they don't want to get involved. And and that's fine. Everybody is entitled to his or her own wants and dreams and desires and, and basic needs. Everybody, everybody's entitled to the life that they want to live. But if you're suffering and if you know there's more out there for you, if you believe in your heart that you can make a change and you want to change and you want a better life for yourself, then please reach out to me because I can help. Everybody deserves a chance at happiness. And I've always said this, but you have to be willing to work at it. Some people are so content and complacent with their status quo and that's fine but then stop complaining about it just be content if you're complaining then do something about it if you are you know because your friends and your family don't want to hear you complain all the time stop being so negative and even that will effectuate a little bit of a change so you either are accepting of your of where you are in life, the status quo, and you're complacent and you're fine with that, or you strive to be more, do more, have more, want more, achieve more, you know, th- th- there's really, that's really it in a nutshell. And some of those people who don't wish to change and don't want any assistance, that still doesn't preclude the fact that some of them are hugely talented people. Oh, for sure. Some of them are just very stubborn or they're stubborn, but boy, are they talented. Yeah. I I, I was actually talking with a, uh, a woman the other day who 
believes, you know, she's single and she went through a very bad marriage and divorce. She didn't realize it was her, her husband was an extreme narcissist and had multiple, multiple affairs with lots of different, you know, hookers and women. And she didn't know she was clueless. She's a little naive, but, and and, and it truly wasn't living in denial. It was, I, I truly believe it was, her head was in the clouds. And maybe that's part denial, but after, after healing from all of that, you know, fast forward four or five years later, she still to this day thinks a man will solve her problems. She's not willing to look within. She's not willing to do the hard work that she is her savior, not a man. Do you believe that's her parents that imparted that, that thought process into her? It's part, I'm sure it's, it's part, you know, upbringing and raising and rearing as well as you know, her traditional, you know, mindset or views, but also her own self-limiting beliefs. She thinks a man is going to bring her happiness. And if any one of the listeners out there are thinking that, you know, a man or a woman or a significant other is going to bring you that happiness, or if you think, you know, getting the next $100,000 at work is going to bring you happiness, you know, that's short-lived. You have to find that happiness within yourself and then everything will come. Then you'll lose the weight. Then you'll make that money. Then you'll find your soulmate. It's only until you become the change that you want out there will it happen. Right. So Monday through Friday, nine to five, so to speak. And I know in law, you're going to have late evenings to get ready for trial, et cetera, et cetera. But on a normal quote unquote day, your nine to five job would be being an attorney and providing legal advice. But your workshops are going to take you in to the evening hours. And this is where people can transcend the normal bounds of what is the quote attorney client privilege and get to know someone like Sabrina and say, I would like for this successful lady here to help me give me advice on my career, on my relationship, on my health, my my fitness regimen, on how I'm looking at my children. Even though you're not a psychologist, you're not a psychiatrist, you're not a medical doctor, but you may have something in you by virtue of the admiration they have for you because of the success in your profession to where they want to say, I'd love to attend the workshop because I know at the end of it, I'll be a better person. Is this correct or am I off the beaten path? No, Rick, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't have, I don't have the psychology degree. I don't even have a master's in social work. I don't have, um, the, you know, an MD or DO after my name. I'm an attorney. I'm a Juris doctor, a JD who has an MBA, and I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in my as a musician and a music theater performer. I, you know, have a lot of life experience. I have lived many, many, many lives within my life. A lot of different experiences, a lot of trauma, and I think through all that, I somehow was given the gift of just picking myself up and continuing on. I know a lot of people in my situation wouldn't be where I am right now. I know people outside of myself will judge me. They think they know me. They think they know the kind of life I've had and they don't know. They don't even have a clue, but I don't let that bother me because 
again, people are entitled to their own opinion. What I'm here to do, my purpose is to help others so that they can live a better life and that all of the tough experiences that I've lived through will help someone else to have a better life a lot sooner than I have. And all the lessons that I've learned, and and in addition to the 25 plus years of legal experience that I've had and all the people that I've seen, thousands and thousands of my clients that I've treated and cared for and, and handled their cases on, you know, that's a lot of experience. And what I see, I, nothing surprises me at this point. And I've pretty much seen a lot of different things. And I think through all of that, as well as my own personal experiences, as well as all the reading I've done and the lessons I've learned and the sessions and the books and the, just the classes I've taken, I've bundled it all together. And I, I firmly believe that if someone is willing and open and open-minded to learning, then I can certainly help them. And like I said, I've done it a lot with my legal clients. And I know, you know, like you said, during the day, I do a lot of, a lot of legal work, but I also, I manage my business and I have the other personal business that I'm doing with the empowerment and the motivational side and the public speaking and the writing. But um, when I combine it all together, I think that's really my superpower because I have the compassion and the empathy, but I also have the expertise to be able to help someone through a very difficult time. Very well. We're going to let you tell everybody how they're going to get a hold of you indeed. But I wanted to bring up to the listening audience, Sabrina, that you are licensed to practice law in the state of Michigan, in the state of Illinois, and in New York. And now I have a personal question here. Isn't it possible that if somebody does not live in those three states, Michigan, Illinois, and New York, that you could still help them, for example, with a legal issue if you had local counsel in the respective state that they're in or no, you're not allowed to advise them if you don't have a shingle out in their state. Can you clear clarify that? Sure. No, I've handled legal matters in many, many other states. And there's a term called pro hoc vici where a local counsel would swear me in and I would handle that's that's more if there's a like a litigation type of a matter. But in terms of acting as a consultant, helping the client to navigate the waters of whatever matter they're handling, whether it's a business matter, a personal matter, a custody matter uh, in their state, I can certainly do that as well. And I'm very familiar with other states and their laws, even though I'm not technically licensed in other states. I have other attorneys in my firm that are, but we can go all over the country and actually internationally with with the consultant. If I act as a consultant, I'm not technically rendering legal advice, but I can be someone's personal lawyer and um, assist them with their local counsel, as you've said. Exactly. So there's a myriad of ways to do it, yeah. So yeah. they do not have to live in Michigan, Illinois, or New York, where you're licensed to practice law, in order to call the Cronin Law Firm and say, I believe this is something Sabrina can help me with. It's a family uh, law matter. And then you could obtain legal counsel or what have you and uh, in that respective state and 
and represent that person or what is the term help the person i don't want to use legal terms that i don't know what i'm talking about no you're fine it it really just depends on what the client wants if they want me to be co-counsel with a local council, then I can certainly do that. If they just want me to be in the background or helping them with ghostwriting or how to handle, you know, the parent time exchanges or how to, you know, how can I effectively co-parent when I'm still so angry at this person or when I'm still so sad or torn up or depressed or whatever it is. I mean, it depends on the level of help that they want, but it certainly can all be achieved. The workshops that you're doing now, that is online to a great degree, if not exclusively online. Do you ever do the workshops where they physically come to the auditorium or to the conference rooms or wherever you hold them, or are they all online now? Well, with COVID, we've kept everything online, but I'm going to, I think coming this next year in 2022, as things start opening up more and people feel safer to travel, I'm going to be starting some more in-person workshops for sure. And everybody so be on the, would so be, be on the invited. For that. <laughs> yes, right. for sure. Yes. Now, Sabrina, if somebody wants to get a hold of you at the Cronin Law Firm, this is the law firm that you began. It's out, out of Michigan. It's called the Cronin, C-R-O-N-I-N Law Firm. And your website is the, is it the CroninLawFirm.com or Cronin Law Firm? No, Rick, uh, the law firm is CroninLawFirm.com. And my name is Sabrina Shaheen Cronin. And I'm the founding uh, partner of the firm, founding owner and managing partner currently of the law firm. And I also, because of these, the, the workshops and the classes and the motivation and the writing and the speaking engagements have really become a lot more popular. I started another website and that is just sabrinashaheen.com. It's my maiden name. I kept Cronin because of my kids and the firm, but I wanted to develop my own personal brand, keeping in line with who I am and who I was born into this world being. Um, So it's sabrinashaheen.com. And you can find me on all social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook under Sabrina Shaheen Cronin. That is the, um, for both the personal brand as well as the law firm. Very well. Our guest, ladies and gentlemen, Sabrina Shaheen, S-H-A-H-E-E-N. Cronin, C-R-O-N-I-N, Sabrina Shaheen Cronin. She is with the Cronin Law Firm in Michigan. She is available not only for the practice of law, but she is available for her workshops, which due to the fact that at the present time, Sabrina, that they're, they're virtual, literally anybody that calls in can say, I'd like to make a reservation. Yeah, space on these is limited, I know. What do they do? Are they going to call the law firm, ask for your secretary, and say, please sign me up? What's the best way to get them into the workshop? Yeah, absolutely. They can do that, or they can call the information or fill out the form on the uh, Sabrina Shaheen, um, the Sabrina Shaheen website. Uh, as well as on social media, they can reach out to me. They can also, I believe there's an info 
um, page on the Cronin Law Firm page, there's a landing page of just me and they can fill out the form there as well. So um, whichever way, I mean, we're definitely accessible and ready, willing and eager to help anyone that wants uh, some help from me. I'd be very happy to do that. That is excellent. And congratulations, not only on the success you've had as a lawyer, but prior to that, when you were a pop star and a singer and you had records out on the charts and you still had a backup plan because show business is not always well, you don't go into it for the money, Sabrina. You and I both know that. You go into yeah. it because you love what it is you do. If you make money, fine. If you don't, you have a backup plan. I've known extremely talented musicians who also knew the construction industry, who knew other industries very well, and they were able to provide for their family when the music was not there paying the bills, you know? Right, right, right. Some people criticize people that have backup plans by saying, oh, if you have a backup plan, then you for sure will have a backup. You will, that's, that'll be your life, you know? But, and I think it's important to, you know, what you, in, in the time that you're in, whether if you have a family or, you know, you have to, you have to have some responsibility too. Sometimes the uh, unanswered dreams lead the road to your destiny. That That's is, when you see a real winner. I totally agree with you, Sabrina. We're out of time. Thank you so much, ma'am. Uh, as always, you're going to be back next month, and we're going to do a year wrap-up show where we get to talk about a variety of things that happened throughout the past year, some of them good, a lot of them bad, and we'll just go down that road because I want to get your opinion and everybody loves it when you come on, Sabrina, and so do I. Thank you, ma'am, for everything. Go ahead and tell somebody one more time where they can get a hold of you, and we'll say goodbye. Well, Rick, I just want to thank you so much. I love being a part of your show, too, and I love all your listeners. And thank you so much for listening to the show. You guys can find me at uh, sabrinashaheen.com or croninlawfirm.com. And I have forms on those sites that you can fill out if you want to do any of the workshops or personal one-on-one -on -one attention, personal one-on-one -on -one coaching, as well as any of the legal matters you may need assistance with. You can also find me on LinkedIn and um, Facebook and Instagram at Sabrina Shaheen Cronin. I wish everybody a wonderful Thanksgiving next week. Stay positive and grateful. That's that's the number one thing. If you can focus on that, then you know your mind can only focus on one thing. So I recommend gratitude, especially now this season of Thanksgiving. At this time, everyone, I'm just going to look at our guests through the wire. You don't know I can see you, Sabrina. And to be honest with you, I can't. But can I convince you to say good night, Sabrina? <laughs> good night, Sabrina. And good night, everyone. This is Rick Flynn speaking. It's been fun, but I've got to run. Our special guest, Sabrina Shaheen Cronin from the Cronin Law Firm in Michigan. Get a hold of her for her workshop, How to Feel Empowered. Also, another workshop they're still working on. It's called The Art of Loving Yourself. Sabrina, I know you have a lot of topics coming up in this series. Congratulations on just agreeing to do the workshop. 
much less helping all of the people that you're going to help with them. It's been a great show, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And Sabrina, we'll see you in about a month for our end of the year wrap up, okay? Thank you so much. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.